and welcome everybody to the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Join my father and I as we discuss relevant and meaningful ideas and values inspired by the weekly Torah portion. Our goal is to open our discussion to you in the hopes that it will give you something to think and reflect on, as well as be another interesting conversation that you can have with your family, friends, and peers. So let's delve right in. Welcome everybody to another episode. Um, we're going to give a little shout out to our listeners in India and uh, what was it? Pakistan? Yeah. <laughs> Too bad about those floods. Um, <clears throat> Hope you're nice and dry and safe. Yeah. And uh, another also welcome to our new listeners from different places. Um, from and Sri Lanka. Also Sri Lanka. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about this week's Parsha. We're talking about transitions from <clears throat> generation to generation in the, in the reading, where a whole generation of, of people are leaving one type of situation, a different one reality, and going to a different reality. They're leaving the desert, a very particular lifestyle, very, in one, on one, sen- in one sense, very privileged lifestyle. And in another sense, um, very difficult lifestyle, living, you know, like hand-to-mouth kind of existence, the way the, the Torah, the Bible talks about it. And now having to face the specter of going into their own land and living um, on their own volition, you know, with their own efforts. So maybe just a little bit of background here um, for those who aren't familiar really with with the Parsha, but we're talking about um, Moshe at the end of the Parsha describes how the Jewish people were taken care of from God in Egypt. They never had to worry about their clothing. Their clothing never got ruined. Their sandals never fell apart. They always had what to eat. Um, They didn't really have to worry about anything necessarily. They didn't have any physical needs that weren't being met um, while they were there. Other than the fact that they were just wandering around the desert, which, right. which like I said, on the <laughs> other hand, is like difficult, and it you know it created a certain tension. Obviously, like especially imagine years wandering around the desert. Imagine people in today's generation like wandering around the desert. Like, what the heck? When are we getting out of this place? Like, you know, <laughs> imagine a certain sense of uh, restlessness. But that's not the point. The point is that what we want to talk with our short pod today. We want to talk about the idea of responsibility. I want to like try to go a little deeper in the idea of responsibility and what are the benefits of assuming responsibility. And I'd like to take a stab at it just from the beginning and say like this. There's a very, very telling verse that says at the end of the portion that says that um, after the, the, the Jewish people accept upon themselves the, a new covenant Right, because a new covenant is necessary to be made before they embark on this journey into a new land where they have to take the land and they have to cultivate the land and they have to live, like I said, um, at the, you know, by the sweat of their own brow. <clears throat> um, there's a new necessity to take a covenant to make sure that the people understand that through all the thick and thin and the efforts and the difficulties, um, they should always remember that now their existence 
is going to need even more of a doubling of an effort of keeping, keeping in mind that their you know, relationship to God and the relationship to their commitments to a religious life and to a meaningful life is going to be, play much more of an importance. But that, that's the purpose of the covenant, of making a new covenant, even though there was a covenant that was made earlier on, years before, after they got out of Egypt. Otherwise known as the Har Sinai Right, the Sinai Covenant, covenant right. But m playing on that theme, I, I just want to say that there's a verse that says, that I mentioned to you earlier in the week, that M Moses, sa Moses says to the people, he says, Very, very detailed way of expressing the idea that until this day, your senses are not really keen. You don't do you have want to just, one sec, do you want to just translate yeah. that? Because I think it's such a nice... Yeah. Hashem, that God, until this day, hasn't given you a heart to understand, eyes to see and ears to hear with, until this day. And the question is, what happened on this day and why this description? And this is what I want to delve into a little bit today. And, and to me, what it revolves around is this idea that this day is the day, this is a few days before, you know, Moses, their leader of 40-some years, actually dies. And um, <clears throat> this is the day where they have to, like, look ahead and, you know, charge across or walk across the Jordan River and with the new leader and, you know, start growing up, <laughs> in a way, as a people. You know, this is also a newer generation. The older generation had died out. So you can relate to this idea, you know, young adults looking at their lifetime ahead of them. And it's a big challenge for today's generation, the millennials, post-millennials, generation Z, X, P, whatever they're calling, whatever we're calling it today. What's after generation Z? Generation I think Gen Z is the last one. No, there's another one, but whatever, whatever it is. The point is, there's a lot of talk today about how um, it's difficult for newer generations to accept the responsibility of what life entails. Um, and you see it in employment, you know, employers are complaining that there's very little staying power in the job market um, because uh, people aren't, you know, uh, young, young people that are taking jobs are not uh, really thinking that their job is like, t you know, to be in their job and do the best that they can for as long as they can. It's kind of like check it out and then move to a different job. And then if it's a little bit upsetting, so then they get a little upset and then a little bit too upset and then they move jobs, you know. The, the frustration factor is very big. The tolerance to frustration is very low. Um, some can say it has to do with just like the ability to bite the bullet and say like this is my responsibility for my life. And <clears throat> the taking responsibility for one's life, which is probably one of the most important things a person has to learn how to do, um, is, is a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us. Perhaps, like we're saying, it's a little bit more of a challenge for these younger generations that are coming up the pipe. Maybe not. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. But I'm, I'm saying that it, this is a very big issue. It's a very big issue. And what the verse is saying is like this. It's saying, when you look at a life ahead of you and you're willing to res assume responsibility for it, um, you begin to see things in a different light. It's as, it's as if like your heart now starts to really beat and you feel it, and your eyes seem to see things in a way that you didn't see before, and your ears pick up things that you wouldn't have otherwise picked up. 
And I'd like to, this is what I'd like to talk about with the like 10, 15 minutes that we have here, about why that is. And why is it that when people assume responsibility for things, all of a sudden they have a deeper insight, which is seemingly what the verse is saying, into life. And the second question is, is what happens, is there a difference between assuming responsibility for your future as opposed to assuming responsibility for your past, which is something that is very um, on our minds these days in the high holy days, which is about, you know, reckoning, um, coming to some kind of a reckoning about our past of the year and trying to take stock about what we've done. Um, I, I, just to start off, I would say it's certainly harder <clears throat> to take responsibility over the past and the future, right? Because the future is, you know, it's not painful. It's like, <clears throat> you know, I'm saying it's the future is it's all about the future. So if somebody says to you, yeah, let's get psyched. You know, you're going to have to go to med school and you're or that's what you chose. So like, you know, just assume it and take it and it's going to be tough and you're going to go, yeah, OK, you know, I'm going to, you know, and then and then life happens. But but it's at least at the moment of accepting responsibility for your future, it seems to be a little bit more, you know, the stuff of of movies and fantasy and a little bit easier to do. But like if you really stunk things up in the past and now somebody says to you, you know, I want you to take responsibility for that, what does that even mean? Right, I was going to say. Take responsibility for it. Like it's done already. Mm -hmm. Which goes back to the, what we were talking about a little before about what does it mean to take responsibility for the past. <laughs> so there's two issues. Why does res taking responsibility um, give us insight? you know, a keener, sharper insight, um, you know, the benefits of, re of taking responsibility, that's what we're talking about. And, and what about taking responsibility for the past? Can you get that insight by assuming responsibility for your past? And what does it mean to take responsibility for your past, right. really? Right. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a stab, or do you want to just keep talking? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it's, it's, you know, I've been... I taught this thing twice this week. Um, well, at this point? Um, actually, not necessarily, you know, why taking responsibility sharpens the senses, but no, no I, I didn't actually go there. Um, but if I had to take a stab at it, I would say... To me, it just, you know, without thinking about it that much, it just makes sense. Well, think about it much. <laughs> Should I think about it much, Lee? Yeah, don't not think about much it thought? much. Um, <clears throat> we don't have so much time, though, for me to just muchly think about it. Okay, well, let's let's start slow then. Like, I mean, but let's say a, a person says a person who doesn't assume, assume responsibility, right? So, so what does that mean? It doesn't. Can I throw out my theory, though? What? Can I throw out my theory? Oh, oh you have a theory? Or yeah. I thought you were like you know kind of just like floating. No, I have like a little theory that kind of just. Oh, okay, you know, yeah, go poop. go for it. <laughs> yeah. I think that it just it makes sense that if you know that what you do now is going to have consequences that you are going to have to deal with makes just automatically for you to pay more attention. It's like the difference between um, going to a movie without, oh, I like this example. You're a student and you have tests and you go into a movie that you have to watch because the teacher said you guys just have to watch a movie, this is what we're doing today. Students go in and most of them fall asleep because most of them don't think that this movie is any, anything important to them because nothing about the movie was 
nothing about this situation was told to them, you know, pay attention, we're going to have a test on this. I bet that if you were to tell students, we're going to watch a movie now, pay attention because you're going to be tested on this movie afterwards, most students will not be falling asleep. And in fact, most students are going to be really awake. That um, responsibility um, is a scary word. Uh, but the, 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 the silver lining is, is that you, 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 you know, I'm talking to myself now also. I mean, there's a lot of things we do in life, and a lot of times we become kind of like, um, like we're doing things like half-heartedly, we're not totally there, we're not totally committed. It's very, it's very common to see a lot of people, and look at ourselves, doing things like half-heartedly, because we're not fully there, we're not fully respond. we don't feel fully responsible for it. And it's it's um, and we feel that if we feel if we get to that level of being totally responsible, we're, we're going to be stuck. We're going to there's no way out. You know, for the free uh, thinkers, for the people that appreciate you know life and it's all of its options and possibilities, the idea of taking responsibility seems very, uh, very limiting. limiting. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be very limiting. Why so limiting? And. Um, a person only knows how great it is until you try it. That's really the experience that we see in these, in these verses in the Torah. You can only know how amazing it is until you're really there, until you're fully committed. Mm -hmm. Also, just a little, maybe a little quick uh, life coaching reality check here. Um, it's, it's just an understood thing in, in psychology and that people who don't take responsibility are oftentimes, if not all times, but I'll just say oftentimes, um, in this victim mode, I th and I think that's the cost of not taking responsibility. Right. Um, which, besides the fact you know that your like life movie is a little more black and white, but then it's also you're al you're always the victim of things. If right. it's not your responsibility, then it must be someone else's responsibility. In exactly. which case, you're always um, you're always miserable about how people are wronging you. Exactly, because society it's not, is evil. It's, and it's up to everybody else to treat you and make you happy and give you what you need. And right, it's a big plot against you. And that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think this is huge. Um, and if, and we, since we raised the issue in the beginning about responsibility towards the past, I also think that it's very freeing eventually if a person is willing to take responsibility for his past because I mean, it's how it affects your present. Um, in other words, because if you're willing to cut off, let's say, half of your life, you know, that you lived until now and say, like, oh, but, you know, whatever, whatever was, was, and. Now I'm living my, okay, that's going to affect you now and your ability to take responsibility now as well. Mm. As if you're not willing to face up to the things that you've done and, and do what needs to be done to correct it and go to the person and apologize and try to make amends and assume that, you know, if you took something that wasn't yours, you need to give it back and et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you don't try to make amends, then you really won't be able to take responsibility for things that are coming your way in the future as well. So that's interesting. So then, how are you describing taking responsibility for your past? Well, it's not always so clear what you're supposed to do, but it's, it's like I'm saying, it, it, taking responsibility first and foremost means I'm committed to making amends and I'm going to do what, it needs to, what needs to be done. So if it means you broke commitments, you uh, were bad, to, you know, you were this, you were not honest, you. Uh, in some way or another, you wronged someone, you know, or or w whatever your religious commitments are. You were, you, you didn't 
fulfill your, uh, your own commitments to yourself and to your understanding of your relationship to God. Whatever, whatever it is that you understood was important for you in life, that you... I always find that that to be true, is that the way you know if you did something wrong is by asking yourself, really, at the end. Because you, your consciousness is laden with all kinds of things that you know yourself you need to do. And when, you, when you're not doing it, you know that you're not doing it. You can't mm -hmm. know, you can't be conscious of something that you're not aware is important or that you need to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. So all those things that you've already assumed in your life, in your mind, that you need to do, when you don't do them, you feel that you're in the wrong. You know it. It, it creates, it's like you said you were going to do something, you, commit, you were committed to it, and you didn't do it, or you did something opposite, right? Mm -hmm. So it's that, it's that ring inside of you that's dissonance, that dissonance inside of you is what you need to listen to. Like, I, I think you need to listen to it also at the moment. Like, if you're about to do something and something's like, er, you have to be sensitive enough to your own heart to hear yourself saying, like, don't say that. That's not nice. Like, don't, right? Mm -hmm. Take yourself seriously. But all of a sudden, there's this extra kind of arrogant type of thing that, like, no, I don't need to listen to myself. I, I just, I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm going to break the thing, right? I'm going to break something. I'm going to break my own sense of what's right and wrong. It's maybe, all, yeah. Maybe even more than arrogance, I was bringing it up with the, in the class with Mahon Mayan. Um, it, it, I think it's also a, like, we, we were also discussing it, actually. There's this uh, defense mechanism that we all have, which is to make things, to, to lower the, the reality of a consequence. Right. It's, I think it's, like our, it's almost like moment. our brain kind of, like, puts over, like, a little fog into the future, and you're mm -hmm. like... Uh, maybe I shouldn't do this, and, but then you're just like, meh, but like, it's not going to be that bad. Right. Yeah. It, it's not going to affect me, you know, like when you think about all the smokers and you're just like, how the heck could you possibly smoke? It's yeah. going to freaking give you cancer. Right. And all, and all kinds of other things that we do. All we kinds of other justify, things. We justify at the moment, I need it, this is what I need, you know. It's not going to be that bad, I'll, I'll make it work. Right, your mind is She'll very, understand. very agile. Right. So in our, in our religious tradition, we have many ways to talk about that. But none of the ways that we, the phrases or the terms that we use for it really, really explain it until you go into it and try to explain the psychology of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they try to explain it in their own way, but it's not 100% clear what it means. The Sahara or means if God, a person doesn't um, do anything, doesn't transgress, it doesn't batch We hope that this was interesting. <laughs> And that's a wrap, my friends. We hope that our conversation inspired you and gave you something to chew on. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, topics you'd be interested in discussing, and even triggers so we can generate more relevant and meaningful conversation. You can contact us at fdhp.feedback at gmail.com. And we are wishing you a blessed week, and we'll catch you next time.